Phase Four. I looked. I'm looking to see the titles of what we're talking about today. Google gives the first one, and then it's just episode two, episode three. Like, come on. So today we're reviewing the premiere of Bad Batch season three, which we have been anticipating like no other. And first thoughts. Bad Batch is back and Bad Batch is hype. Bad Batch is hype. Um I guess oh, lucky IGN. IGN got to see the first eight episodes. And they get their rankings wrong all the time. They do, they gave it a seven out of ten. Oh. But okay, I... so here's what it says though. Sorry, I'm way off we're way out of order here, but I'll come back to this. I want to get the episode titles. Yeah, no. Um, first thoughts. This is a really great opening to the season. It was a really, really good opening to this season. It was. They needed to do three episodes. Um, because one episode would not have been enough, and neither would have two. I think three, though, was like... It was a good amount for them to do. Yeah, yeah because it sets up where our clones in prison at Mount Tantus are at. Where the clones who are not, that being Hunter and Wrecker who are not, and Crosshair and Omega who are. <clears throat> and then the third episode of setting up the rest of the season, which went in a direction I was not expecting. Yeah, so it is. Confined. We'll start with the first episode. Yeah, confined. Um, I did the math when she was doing the little tick marks. I paused the episode. Because I was like, oh, how many days has it actually been when they did the time skip? Because at first I looked when they, it was her back to it. I was like, oh, it's only been like 15 days since she's been stolen. And in my head, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I mean, that's I two it was weeks bad. in captivity, dude. That's a long time. Well, okay. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> nobody walks around at a party. Oh, I'm sober. Oh, who gives up? <laughs> like Joey Diaz. <laughs> um. No, she's been in captivity for at least 180 days. What? Yeah, time skip. It was, I did the math on it, or 180 rotations, I, I should say. That's days. Rotations, yeah. days. Um, same, same difference. Yeah, I will say, though, I do like that there's the time skip in that. I love how it picks up, and you see, first off, not just crosshairs, dishevelment, the rest of the clones that are being tested on and having blood samples taken from them and they're checking their genetic uh, compatibility for cloning. I love that. I love that you actually see the clones just on their final legs and they are just, there is no humanity left behind those eyes. Like I, They look like garbage. They do. And I really like that it goes that far to show that. Uh, I, man, the first episode it did a lot of visual storytelling and I noticed that there was like a lot of just like slow takes on scenes, the directing, I don't know. This feels so, it feels like such a different show than season one. Like when I think about where it's when the series started versus where it's at now, it feels a lot more cinematic in a sense, like even sound design. I don't know if you paid attention much, but the score and some of the sound design in scenes, I was like, this is really stellar right now. 
No, yeah, I was thinking the same thing when it was coming to like score points. I was like, oh, this is this is good. And like, yeah. the weaving of themes was really good too. And I just, I don't think like episode one was a fantastic opening to like showing the despair of the situation that Omega and Crosshair are in because Omega initially starts out and they start out. She's like, ah, we're going to get out of here. 180 days later, she's, they're just like trudging around doing their stuff. It's not good. Looking good for either of them. I mean, she kept that upbeat mentality because she's continued to look playing the long game with Batcher, trying to domesticate him, which worked out in her favor. But Crosshair is he's so real when he says to her, I, listen, he may be cold. He may not be the warm hearted clone that we like and that or that we know with other clones. But when he looks at Omega and he says in her eyes, he's like, if I had the chance to leave and escape here without you, I would do it without a second guess. And in my head, I was like, he's real for that. Like, I, I mean, I, in that situation, I thought about you and I was like, you're my brother. I could not do that. But I mean, for him, nobody, the Bad Batch did try to save him, but I mean, he's got nobody left for him really i know that like people are trying to reach out for him but he's just so disconnected and i totally get where he just feels like on an island one man on an island right now and when he said that i was just oh damn dude that is some tough words but i'm i'm glad omega stuck through and she showed that she still cares about him yeah no i mean he's been on his own little mental outpost since being at the outpost and watching mayday die yeah, did you watch the recap? No, I dude, I just watched the two seasons before the season came out. I was like, I don't need this, and I clicked forward. Yeah, you said I, I couldn't the recap. Do it. I didn't even want. I, maybe it was good, but I was just like, no, nope, I already know what happens. I've spent way too long. Also, hang on, screw Disney for doing this midnight release all of a sudden for the Bad Batch. I wanted to look forward to it in the evening at a certain time. I was so excited for that, but they're like, nope, we're going to release it at midnight. I don't know who's running Disney Plus. Get your crap together because I'm not happy about that. Yeah, it's a bummer that they don't give their animated shows as much love as the live action ones. Yeah, I'm I am frustrated about that, but that was was a disappointment. Yeah, uh, I want to say this. So, that, this is such a, such a minute, such a minute thing in the three episodes, but the the blood sample gear, like cog, when they're testing the samples, a lot to unpack with that. First off, symbolically, it's the empire. You look at the way that it's the entire thing is built out. It's the imperial logo that it is that is where i'm talking about sound design though when it makes the clicks and it's testing each drop of blood and it kind of rotates to see if it was a positive test or a negative test it was so good it was it just had that deep like cut undertone that just sounded phenomenal and i also then was kind of just giving the idea as it kept ticking and ticking this we'll talk about more of this when we go into episode three but every time it kept ticking i was viewing it as a doomsday clock type of deal where like it was getting one step closer to is this going to be the perfect match for the cloning that i mean we'll talk about because i yeah episode three shocked me a lot but no episode one i mean i was 
it was some great stuff. It was some really good stuff that they had set up. Yeah, watching Omega tame like Omega, dude. Omega, arguably Dark Horse, one of the best characters in Star Wars, the purest heart that you will ever one of the purest hearts in the entire franchise. Like here's the thing, when we talk about like the best characters in Star Wars, um the list is getting too long at this point where like she's a great character, but I've got a list of ten other people that I just love and I'd have to view it objectively and subjectively because in my list, like Yeah, I, I know she's in, not in it. Alright. No, I know, Sub- I know, but I might I might put in somebody just like completely undeserving, but I just Hauser. I was gonna say like Bale. Oh yeah. Or Hauser too. Bro, Bale? That's not even subjective. Objectively, if Bale Organa is not your favorite character, I don't know what you're watching. Yeah, Bale better be in the season. Was he in last season? Yeah, he was. Yeah, because they were at the... Senator uh, Chuchi. Yep. Bro, shout out. I have, in episode two, I, I firmly believe this point when I get to it, but... Yeah, no, episode one was very good. Yeah, Omega is just objectively one of the purest hearts in the entire saga or the entire franchise. Consequences. Hemlock's speech about consequences to Omega. This is where I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn, this is getting real. And this is... I was getting major kid show, like not, I wasn't getting major kid show vibes, but I was, as I was watching, I'm like, yes, this still feels like it's emulating as a children's show. It's still trying to pander to that audience. But when he's talking about unforeseen consequences of actions that you have, I'm like, this is deep level stuff that he is getting into. And is Omega like 12, 13? How do we know how old she is? I, I don't know how old she is, but it's, it's young she's young i want to say she's probably like she seems like a middle schooler she does the the way that she acts and everything it seems in that type of mindset so when she's like so positive and has that outlook on things and she's domesticating batcher and hemlock says to her is oh he uh, but he's healed now there's no issue yeah he's domesticated now he cannot hunt what he's for what he's like born to do you've made him like a dog at this point and he's talking about, he's like, we're going to have to put him down because he serves no purpose here and he would not survive out in the wild by himself. You're wrong, buddy. But callous. No, it's a callous st- no, view, man. It is. And again, we talk, dude, he's one of those Nazi evil type scientists where just does not care, has no regard. Like, oh, yeah. The Geneva Convention Convention was made because of this man type of deal. Yeah, I did a. He reminds me of some of the Nazi scientists. I did a. Actually, dude, I did a report on this back in high school on Operation Paperclip. Some of the scientists that were pulled. I already talked about Werner von Braun. I'm not going to talk about that. But like Otto Ambrose, I think his name was. He was like a biological weapons developer for the Nazis. I get like serious vibe. I'm like, this is very. Like, not similar, obviously. Like, Adolf Hitler was not trying to clone himself. I mean, maybe he was, but nobody was gonna. That wasn't gonna happen. Um, yeah, no. Star Wars clearly, like the Empire, the rise of the Empire clearly takes um, inspiration from the rise of Nazi Germany. Anyway, I, before we go any further, I think 
we need to give proper love to the people in charge of this show. Like, I know, like, yes, dude, Dave, he's the godfather. But, like, Jennifer Corbett is head writer and Brad Rao is supervising director. I, I, we need to put some, like, respect on these people's names because it isn't always just Dave. Because Dave is really busy right now. Like, these are the two people, like, direct, like, they are the showrunners. And I, I want to give them proper shout outs here. Yeah. Give them credit where credit is due. I mean, they're the stories that they're weaving in right now with the rest of the saga. It is they're doing it seamlessly. I will say, yes, uh, and it is making sense in a very, very good way. Word. I I want to talk about it in episode three. So, yeah, no, the three directors. It's um. So they have like a cast of rotating, not a cast of rotating. That's a horrible term term for it there's a crew of directors that do a lot of the clone wars and there's a lot of people from the clone wars it's saul ruiz nate villanueva and Stuart lee who did these first three episodes in um respective order but yeah i want to give more credit to like these are the like it seems like these three have done most of the show and then you know obviously with the showrunners popping in here and there but sorry i wanted to do a little tangent and shout them out well, there you go. Uh, Paz Unknown, episode two. I liked how this opened. I do too. Wait, with the guy getting dropped to the floor or the Hunter and Wrecker pulling up? Well, yeah, it's just Roland Duran. We have it like, you know, it's a callback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know where you were going with that. Mm, yeah. Their armor. Dude, they have seen some days in that armor when they rolled up and i like i actually got a good look at it i guess the trailer might have shown some of it but like actually getting to see it these are two men who have been through some shit stuff like, this has been yeah they, they yeah, have they, gone through some dog days yeah they, their armor has it's seen a lot of wear and tear and you see like where they're at mentally like like oh yeah like they get the they drop off the pike. Also, every time I see the pikes, I'm like, dang. Will's watching this, being like, mm, yes, the pikes. Mm, indeed, I hate the pikes. Dude, the pikes suck. Um, and there was the oh shoot, I was just thinking of this. Ah, I can't forget. It. I forgot it now. Sorry, I forgot. We were just. Oh, this is gonna bother me. Did I don't know how tell? I. Just, yeah, I get. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, we have the intel on where Hemlocks. That's what they were doing with Roland Duran's mom. That was his mm-hmm. mom. And like, hey, here's the intel. This is where Hemlock's lab is. I'm like, wow, they're gonna go there right away. Not really. But then they're saying like, oh yeah, Rex and uh, Echo can't join us for two rotations. And Hunter's like, screw that. I don't care. It's the gas. Yeah, he's on a mission right now. I for a second so when he hit the gas i was like are they going to mount tantus right now i know i was like whoa this is this is going way faster than i thought it was it was uh but no they go to another cloning facility this is the second cloning facility you've seen now because there's the one in season one i don't know if it's a cloning facility i think it's just like hemlock's lab because they're clearly doing other stuff there as well along with project necromancer so this is the second 
lab facility that we've seen because there was the first one in season one where Cad Bane and Fennec Shand and Tom Wee met. Yes. And now there's this one where we see the young clone cadets left over there still. Actually, a lot to unpack. First off, I love the idea behind the vines, actually, where the Empire was like creating this organic bioweapon and these vines have just gotten so overpowered. I was like, this is actually interesting. I like that the Empire is kind of just disregarding all laws of nature and just respect for the environment. And they're just like, F it, we ball. Let's make just some <laughs> type of deal. That's like how I viewed it. I don't know. No, it's 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 exactly what it is because the Empire is as we see more in episode I know we keep referencing episode three, but it is trying to bridge like science and nature and like industry and the artificial wor- man made world with nature in grotesque ways. Mm-hmm. And these I, vines are a great representation of that. I enjoyed it a lot. I think I mean it definitely was Is the most I mean, adventure. It was the most adventure one. Yes. And like, I don't want to say it was a filler episode because it's, it sets up like where everyone's at and has been. Um, I, oh, we got out of order. Not really, but I want to actually loop back briefly. Talk about where Hunter was like, oh, we're going to go straight to Hemlock's lab. And Wrecker says to him, he's like, last time we went in undermanned we lost a clone they're talking about tech i'm like yeah and i we forgot to talk two things that we forgot to talk about in the trailer and our predictions for season three one we forgot that fee and tech had a romance oh yeah 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 that's right we forgot to talk about that aspect of it so bummer on that i did actually have a question with episode one your boyfriend died sorry about it lady well, so that, but then uh, Crosshair doesn't know that Tech is dead yet, but Om- does Omega does, so... They don't actually say if Crosshair knows that Tech is dead. No, but I feel like that'd be a pretty big thing to say, to get his reaction. So here's the thing, I will be bummed if they don't, if we don't get a reaction of Crosshair to Tech's death. Yeah, I... Actually, I don't... Yeah, I'm... I'm interested. I don't know. But I, I'd be disappointed in that. I'll save it for episode three again because we didn't talk about it in the trailer, which we've been saying was going to happen since season one. So I will put a pin in it. But regardless, seeing young clones spitting facts and knowledge just like old clones like Rex and Jesse and Cody – they're sitting out there and they're talking. You go through the whole ups and downs of the episodes where they're trying to get the intel, fun action adventure stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Not to a lot to unpack. But when they sit there and they're trying to figure out where to go after they escape, and Hunter says to him, well, there's an island where called Pabu. You can go and do whatever you need to do there. And the clone cadets look at him and they say, we're cadets without an army. I'm like, damn, that hits in the heart real hard there. They're bred for combat. They're bred for war. They're bred to be in the army. War is over. What do we do now? I 
I'm going to stand on this until I die. This show is for combat veterans. Like the guys who like come back, guys and gals who come back from conflict overseas and they're like, ah, like I can't adjust to normal life. I'm trying to figure out. It's like trying to find your place in society. Like this show is like hitting that on the head. And like, obviously it's very different because, you know, like the Clone Wars is different, but like, it's just like parallels to real life. Like you see that and it's so cool. I'm like, yeah, we're taking you to an island. I'm like, oh yeah, Pabu. That's a good that, listen. You're gonna recoup and try to figure out a life somewhere. Pabu is a really good start. It is. It's a great start. Why was that island again causing tsunamis? Did they fix that issue? They did. Why did they? I don't think it just happened. Oh, does that just like always happen on the island randomly? Not always. They say like, oh, it hasn't happened in thirty years or something. Like you know. The, did they ever tsunamis just why happened. that happened though tsunamis just happen well i guess yeah i thought there was like some device or something that no okay there's just a natural disaster and like oh we have to help you here's what i want to say as well talking about i guess the natural things like tsunamis and everything um every member of the bad batch with the exception of echo because echo wasn't uh, and OG. he wasn't part of the yeah he wasn't part of 99 like he was a reg and he was sort of welcomed in <sighs> everyone has their designated wreckers incredibly strong and has feats of strength crosshair is incredibly accurate tech is a geek and he just knows the ins and outs of everything hunter is just kind of like He's got your plot armor. Like, he just knows that he has the sixth sense, and like, that's his ability. Because I noticed when he turned around and Wrecker was like, Is it the vines? And he's like, It's something worse. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Okay, how do you know that though? It's in the dark, it's down the hallway. You cannot see what that is. Bro, he's got the senses. I'm like, He's got the. And the Carson Tiva. He's got the Carson Tiva ability right now. Now, where... Carson Tiva has knockoff hunter ability. I, true, I guess. But I mean, when Carson Tiva goes, mm, there's something greater at play here. And Wrecker, uh, Hunter's looking down the hallway and he says, it's something worse. I'm like, I don't no, care that okay. much. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but I just thought it was funny because. <laughs> yeah, no, I get where you're going. But like Hunter, at least like, it's like. At least it's realistic within the episode of Hunter being like, oh, there's something coming down the hall. Like, yeah, like, it sounds different than this or that, so it's something bigger. Carson Tiva's being like, hmm, this happened. He's like, something else is going on. It's like, I don't know where you pulled that data from, bro, but that you are reaching right now. He does pull. Yeah, he's pulling on that. But, yeah, I mean, Paths Unknown episode two, I liked it. I thought it was pretty solid. Daniel Logan, yeah, he was back. I recognized the uh, the voice of the younger clones. I was like, sounds like Boba Fett. Yeah, where? Um, yeah, so shout out Daniel Logan. Still getting work in the Star Wars franchise. Love to see it. All right. Now this is where like the bulk of like the heavy lifting of wow, the story sure. goes. Yeah, dude, because Sheev shows up. Yeah, so episode three, Shadows of Tantus. Uh okay where to begin we'll start with we'll start with like the big stuff ian mcdermott uh, dude 
he never live action or voice acting never puts in a bad performance at all he like, just has he such sounds, a cool voice he he sounds so good he, he's never sounded better and every time he comes back i'm like i hope this isn't the last we see of him this season i hope it isn't i was i'm gonna be honest with you i was sitting and thinking as i was watching this episode like damn he sounds good and then i was like bro's getting up there in age and yeah we got to use him what we got him i don't know how much more you i mean the only other thing i can think of is okay we'll get we'll crack into it because they don't explicitly confirm but it is being heavily implied project necromancer is the cloning process for palpatine which we have been saying for a while now and that makes the most logical sense for how he returns in the rise of skywalker they're setting up the cloning plot line with the genetic dna from the Django fett clone strand and it makes sense and i'm so glad that they're doing it in this series and this is what i want to talk about i like that they're explaining palpatine but they're doing it in such a niche property where only people can watch the bad batch like i'm not saying it's only diehard fans that go into it but if you're a true dedicated fan and you're going into star wars it's like yeah no this is like the story that is tying up the sequels in a nice way as well and trying to explain something that happens later in the line but also still tying up its own plot lines from the clone wars fallout and the transition from the republic into the empire and the galactic civil war and that whole ordeal so getting to see it do all those things in one show it's like ah it feels just so rewarding to be a fan at this point right now for this show like it feels so rewarding to be a fan no yeah and it's like being a being a bad batch consumer you like you are constantly getting dividends like this is a stock that is returning that is giving you a good return on your investment in this like in the franchise like oh man like i get to watch the clones like clones are getting their epilogue like this is what's happening oh my god this is tying the sequels together i'm gonna be honest i'm probably gonna view the sequels way better now because of this show and this whole project necromancer thing exactly so i had a friend let's dive into project necromancer because there's a lot again that i still want to unpack with project necromancer uh surface level stuff though Palpatine's working with Dr. Hemlock on a property where he is giving him unlimited resources that the Empire has because it is the utmost security for the future of the Empire. His words, not mine. So they're using the clones' blood samples and they're clearly testing it with the compatibility of Palpatine's blood from what it seems like. And they go into this secret hidden room and they open up a capsule and we don't get to see the view of it from our perspective but i it's implied that it's going to be a clone of palpatine himself and he's trying and it's nice that you're seeing him kind of try to create a safety net or even even in uh, as high even as the emperor in such a high power himself as like the supreme ruler of the galaxy he still has concerns and he's still creating fail safes for himself even if he does die like he's still going that extra step and he's not like using his ego at all fear is the path to the dark side his he is afraid of dying he's fears losing his power always circles back to the force 
There you go. Exactly. I didn't even think of that. That was a great point. I had a friend. Okay, so this is why I say this, though, because they don't explicitly they don't explicitly show us a Palpatine clone. So it's up in the air still what Project Necromancer is. I had a friend text me and he was like, what if it's Starkiller? Here's what I'll say. It might not be a Palpatine clone. But I'm going to give it like a 99.9% certainty that it is because they talk about Project Necromancer in The Mandalorian and how that's uh, an important deal with Moff Gideon. And then they talk about Thrawn's return in season three. So there's that whole ordeal. Also, it just makes sense narratively that Project Necromancer would be Palpatine. But then in the name itself, it's Necromancer. I don't know. Take a look at Palpatine. Well, yeah. I don't know the definition of necromancer off the top of my head, but it's basically raising the dead. So, you talk uh, about raising the dead. Palpatine dies in Return of the Jedi, and we see him return in the Rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, and, and if the clone isn't Palpatine, it's going to be Snoke. So, exactly. It's one of the two, and which is Palpatine in its own right. So, yeah. And here's the thing. So it could be Snoke, and that's why the Palpatine version wasn't completed yet, because we didn't see the Palpatine version until Rise of Skywalker. But in The Force Awakens starts, Snoke has already been in power for some time. He met Luke on, was it Jakku when Luke and Snoke met? Luke and Snoke? They met in a book, didn't they? They didn't meet on Jakku. I, um... But they did meet, right? It was in a book, I remember. Um, I don't... I think they're aware of each other. I know they're aware of each other. I don't know if they met. Um, Prior to the sequel trilogy starting, we should clarify. Yeah, he never met him. I'm, I'm doing a... Luke and Snoke have some sort of power in their past. Da, 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 da. Star Wars review. Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm doing some quick searching. Well, we can we can leave it at Luke and Snoke have had an encounter in their past in some capacity, whether it's through the Force or physical. Uh, but I think you're right. Where it's it could either be the first version of Snoke that we see, or it's an in progress version of Palpatine. But narratively, it just makes the most sense. So I mean, to my friend, I'm glad there's still room for Star Killer, but no <laughs> bro's bro's not showing up for a while if yeah. he ever and if shows it, up and if it was star killer this would be i would be really disappointed i'll be open to it but i would be incredibly disappointed because the way that they're setting this up is like the bow tie like you couldn't make a better bow tie right now for how it's setting itself up so i'll say that more in depth than project necromancer though and this will tie into the mandalorian season three Dude, the quality control for just how this project is going and who's able to know about it and who isn't able to know about it, it's got to be a nightmare trying to get that situated because Hemlock keeps it pretty close to his chest on like who knows about it and who doesn't. Mando season three rolls around though and we see Moff Gideon doing the same exact thing. So there's got to be some point during bad batch season three where the 
it can't leak that there's Palpatine clones, but maybe within the Empire it does, I guess. There's probably rumors of it going around. Yeah. But nothing confirmed. And like people are like, oh my god, the Emperor might have clones. It's like, really? He's scary. Ah, uh, maybe. And that's as far as it's gonna go, because he's just this mysterious figure. I mean it's it's probably similar to like the the myth of like Luke Skywalker where like all the Imperial officers viewed him just as it's the whole where people say the last time people saw Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, and Luke Skywalker, they all went into a room together and the only person to walk out alive was Luke Skywalker. And it's that type of mentality where it's like, he's a killer. He's just an absolute monster machine, just no remorse whatsoever. And it's like, you don't actually know what's behind the curtains type of deal. Yeah, no. And But the quality control behind Project Necromancer has to be a nightmare. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the oh, You and I called this from day one, though. Omega is the key to Project Necromancer. Like, we called this forever ago. We did. Yet another reason why the Legionnaire t-shirt. We're always right. Uh, yeah, no, and it's the, the, the way they built that up. Like, you could see, like, the thing rotating and clicking into place. Like, dude, wrong one. It's still clicking. Like, they're escaping, and they're like cycling through and cycling through and watching Omega still look at Crosshair and be like, Nope, I'm breaking you on. He's like, you didn't think this through, did you? She's like, well, kind of on the fly. I love their escape sequence. It's awesome because it just shows like this, the different dynamic that they have. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, one thing with Crosshair, they had to nerf him. Which is a bummer. They did have um, to nerf him. He was pretty powerful considering like he couldn't miss a single shot. You go back and watch the solitary clone episode, like he was <laughs> just straight ace, dude. He does not miss a shot. You go back to the Bad Batch arc during the Clone Wars season seven, again, doesn't miss a shot. Like they kind of had to give that whole thing with his hands where he can't hold them steady anymore and you hate to see it because now his whole ability kind of is up in the air and that's definitely going to come back to bite them uh later in the series so it's a bummer to see that yeah no he's kind of just got like you know muscle spasms in his hands now he does we talk about omega cloning this is what i'm talking about with the doomsday clock ordeal where it keeps ticking and it's going to see is this dna strand match with palpatine's no, ticks to the next one, to the next one. You keep seeing Omega's getting closer and closer and closer. And when it finally works, you see like the ding go off with it. And that's where I view it as a doomsday clock where it's like, we have our match for the midichlorian count and it does not impact the DNA strand with who we're mixing it with. We have our perfect match for how we're going to clone this person. So it's like, yeah. And here's what I'll say. You probably caught it. But did you see Clone X in this episode? I did. I heard the noise. There's theme. Iconic. It's like the and I'm like, and then I was looking, I'm like, oh, that's that's Clone X. That's an assassin clone right there. Uh, it showed him for like half a second, like two seconds, walking into a room. 
and I was like, go into that room and show us more. I wanted to see more of them. I wanted to know more about the clone. Regardless, I was like, damn, this is exciting. But I, they make their Crosshair and Omega make their escape, which I did not expect Omega would get away. No, I, yeah, I, I was piecing it together once, like they started getting away from the Empire and they got off of Mount Tant, like the perimeter of Mount Tantus. I realized. Do you want to cut in or can I finish? You say your thing. I realized that once they realize that the genetic test is going to be Omegas and they're like, oh, this is the one. You kind of piece it together like, wait, don't kill her. Yeah, no. I knew it was a lock as soon as Batcher jumped on board that ship. I'm like, there's no chance they shoot this ship out of the sky with an animal on board. Star Wars, Lucasfilm is a part of Disney. There's absolutely going to be zero animal violence in this episode. And I, we didn't, we listed in the trailers too, but I mean, Crosshair was reunited with the Bad Batch in scenes of the trailer. So, yeah. And we I, had seen it, but we didn't mention it. So, so and now, okay. So now, like, where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to say before we move on to this <coughs> topic. Oh, wait. Plan seventy two. I'm I'm piecing things together now. This makes more sense. Plan seventy two. No, I just liked I just liked watching Crosshair and Omega work together. He's like, "Did you learn Plan 72? He's like, "Yeah, Tech made me memorize all of them." And he says, "Of course he did." That was one of those moments. Like maybe he does know. How do you not? How does she not tell him? No, that's the craziest part. Yeah, I we'll see. I think once the Bad Batch gets reunited, that'll be like the moment. Okay, now I understand, though. We see those things in the trailer. We see Ventress. We see Cad Bane. We see Fennec Shand. Dr. Hemlock said they they need to get Omega again now for, like, the fourth time. He says he has the Empire's full resources. This is where it's going to be, like, all out. You're hiring out all these bounty hunters. Uh, the whole ordeal you're setting. It's the biggest bounty on omega to get her back and use her dna to clone so i think that's where it's you sort of get to see then all those people that we saw in the trailer tie in although asajj ventress i don't think would make sense i think that no. might just be like by happen's sake where they bump into her but cad bane and fennec shand i definitely think that that's like a whole bounty hunter type ordeal which again cross the fingers or sing and tobias beckett might be part of that group then <laughs> Hey, listen, he didn't kill her. Fall killed Fall her. Fall did. Exactly. Single favorite, not favorite line. Hyperbole. However, I'm just going to say it's my favorite line. And then all of the movies, just that one. I, You know what would be a fun episode? You and I pick, like, like out of every movie, we pick the craziest lore line. Not, not like, you know, like, oh, like, there's a cool line. But, like, what's, like, the lore line? Like, the re like that's the deepest lore line. Solo, it's probably that one. A New Hope, you said this a long time ago. It's like, oh, you fought in the Clone Wars? For 1977, some guy to be like, oh, the Clone Wars? In the theater, you're like, what in the hell was the Clone Wars? Like, what was that? Like, Exactly. Dude, that'd be a fun episode. Okay, that'd be a really fun episode to do. I mean, you go to Rogue One. Uh, I'd say Project War Mantle. And although this is pre-Bad Batch, 
Bad Batch then expands on War Mantle and what it is. Like, it's sick. You do the Mandalorian season two, Operation Cinder. Go into Battlefront two campaign. You see Operation Cinder. Like again, it's moments like these where again, it just feels so rewarding to be a fan and you've stuck out for the series and the franchise as a whole. And Bad Batch is not drawing in the numbers like Obi Wan or Ahsoka or the Mandalorian, but. There are moments where I feel far more rewarded watching this show than I do watching those live action shows, and I'll take it because oh, yeah. I, I love the I love the live action stuff, but I feel like I get more rewarded as a fan watching the animation. Than I we've, do. Dude, we we've said this before. Like recently, in recent memory, Star Wars is at its peak in animation. It it really is. Uh this is what I want to talk about, though. So we ta- we've been talking about this as a theory for a while, and I'm disappointed that we didn't talk about it in our trailer breakdown. <coughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? Um, probably once you start talking more about it. They created a model for him in Season 7. They did not need to. Oh. We didn't guess if Darth Vader was going to show up this season. I... Th- would be I shocked does. honestly if he doesn't i would i they already brought in palpatine i feel like i mean i guess because it's palpatine's cloning storyline but dude he has the full empire's resources at his disposal you don't think the emperor's right hand man isn't a part of those resources that's dude dude i feel like vader is going to show up this season i am i'm excited I, we didn't talk about it at all, but oh, you're right. I think we. I'm gonna say sixty forty. We see fifty five forty five. We see Vader. I'm a little bit over half on this. I do sixty. Yeah, sixty forty, seventy thirty. Because I mean, I'm. You go back to the Clone Wars finale, and you look at vader and the clone troopers and the stormtroopers that go out to the crashed venator ship where ahsoka had fought those models are again pretty much all the same models that we're seeing in this series with the exception of the snow trooper but there were regular stormtroopers that we saw in that scene so it's not like that darth vader 3d model does not exist in their file system and they could definitely weave him into the story so they definitely could the question is then is like how do you do the voice like do you do the guy who voiced him in rebels do you pull in ai for james earl jones they do 100 percent. i think that's what they're doing he signed something something off where darth vader's voice is going to be james earl jones ai i'm okay with that yeah i mean it's it's iconic enough and it's right where it's like dude the guy who did him in rebels was james earl jones Oh, was he actually? Yeah, definitely. I didn't. Dude, probably. I, Hang on. I said I don't. Really I don't think so. I don't think it was so. Because it definitely didn't sound like him at all. One of us is really right, and one of us is really wrong. It could have been me. He did reprise his role for all the episodes. He did. He was only in like reprised his role in. St- he did he reprises his role in Star Wars Rebels. I was performances. Really 
Spark of the Rebellion Prologue Version, Siege of Lothal, Shroud of Darkness, Twilight of the Apprentice. Uh, damn, I just said it didn't sound like him at all, so I look like the fake fan. Okay, well, he was... I mean, he was older. Like, even in Rogue One, you kind of hear he's like, oh, he sounds a little... Sound a little older. Honestly, I'm Bro, I liked him the most in Rogue One. Oh, okay. I liked his voice acting in that because of how deep his voice was. Wait, bro. James Earl Jones was born in 1931. Dude witnessed World War II. That's great. Like, that's... Like, talking about, like, history and time here. For somebody to be alive today and they saw World War II, that's... Well, maybe he probably may not have remembered it. Maybe he did. I mean, like, shoot, his ending, right? When he was about, like, 14. Uh, who knows? That's crazy. It's going to be a sad day when no. he's no longer with the Star Wars fans. Frozen Doctor Strangelove? Whoa. But, uh, first three episodes, I mean, episode three was, it it carried the the story i'll say oh, for yeah. setting up where the rest of the season is going to go not that the prior two episodes were not enjoyable um with the uh, review though of what ibn did i always take with what ibn did with a grain of salt but <laughs> it's this is what you every every bad batch season it says the bad batch's final season gets off to a slow start but throws in some deep fun lore cuts for star wars fans See, reading that, reading IGN kind of sucks with reviews, but reading the Bad Batch's final season gets off to a slow start. I'm like, damn, it still does that. Three seasons. <laughs> yeah, but like, TikTok brain, bro. Not everything has to be breakneck speed. No, I don't disagree with you, but I mean, I think season two, I think season two had the slowest start. Compared to versus seasons. season one. Versus season one, I'll say. Versus <laughs> season one. We'll wait to see for this one. But I think season two had a slower start versus yeah. season one. I did just rewatch it, but yeah. But the sec the second half is better. The second half is far superior, like in yeah. every way. And season two is a better season in my opinion. So Yeah. Um Yeah, but that's those are the three episodes for Bad Batch. It is exciting to be back with this unfortunately be gone for work now so i can't do these with you yeah you guys will have to hear my thoughts and opinions on this in a little while here but all in due time all in due time um content sense <laughs> this will be fun uh I saw this was going around on social media recently, and I want—I sent it to you. There, there's a Star Wars alarms, alarm sounds in the spaceships, and it's people are kind of like talking about what their favorite alarm system is. I want to rank with you the iconic Star Wars alarms, uh, S tier through F tier, so S obviously being the super tier doesn't get any better than that f tier you have the least like it's not it's the worst one out of all of them that you could get so i want to rank with you though i need to pull up my list here for it briefly 
I'm going to be honest, I didn't have time to create my list, but I know based on listening to them, I can tell you exactly where I have them in my brain. Perfect. Allow me to find this. Okay, so the first one is the Venator. Do you want me to play it in the microphone? It's the high, it's the high pitch one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Venator. You want to start with that one? Yeah, let's... We can start with the Venator because... And when you see this, you should follow us on social media because you'll get to see, hear the alarm sounds cut in with this. So this will be a lot easier for those fans. But I think Venator is hovers between A tier and S tier. I'd give it an A. Yes. It's, it's solid. It has room to improve, though. And I think that's later on with, like, the other rankings that we get into. But the Venator, it's, like, it's iconic in its own right, but it's not it's the most iconic. Yeah. It's it's nostalgic because it comes after what we hear on, like, the Death Star and ISDs that you remember from the movies. And, like, watching the Clone Wars, hearing it in Season 7 is very different than hearing it in Season 1. So, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'll, I'll, I'm cool with putting the Venator in A tier. I am, too. This is what we do. We put the Star Wars alarm systems into tier categories. This is how yeah. far we've divulged into Star Wars content. All right. Yeah. Second one, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's the Imperial, uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer alarm. Oh, S tier. Easy S tier. I don't think you get a more iconic noise. The trailer for rogue one and they're playing the alarm sound for it i think that was the death star one though yeah see here's the thing the isd one is also kind of the death star one but it then they say the death star has a different one but i just i think it was like in the first two movies they were using it and i'm like okay like this this is heat this is heat um do you remember what the one for the atat sounds like yeah i'm listening i have the video pulled up um I give it like a like a C or a C. D tier. Yeah, yeah. Like it's C. It's it's there. It's a ripoff of the ISD. Um, it is. All right. Nothing crazy. Now, this one is interesting. The next one, which one are you looking at? I'm looking at the Trade Federation ship. I actually really I like this, this one. I have this as S tier. Dude, it's like it it sounds it goes hard. sick. It does. The <laughs> The Trade Federation blockade alarm system, like, it sounds so just deep, and, like, I would be frightened to be in the ship when it was, like, going oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah, no. This one instills fear. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Well, first, I'm going to talk about how all of these alarm systems are just derivative of each other. Like, all of all of the Galactic Empire and Galactic Republic ones are all just derivatives of the ISD. Yes. The Trade Federation one, completely of its own. Also, all right, I'm going to talk to all of my Battlefront 2 homies here. I'm looking at you, Joe Burrow. Real ones know when that alarm's going off and you're running through the battleship as a clone troop, you're like, oh, man, I got to go get to the power generators right now, and I got to shoot them all down so we can win this match. And you're in a completely heated corridor battle. You got one heavy who's laying down some fire. Like he's just laying down heat at the end of the hallway. And you got an arc trooper and you're running down quickly quickly with your dual akimbo blasters running. Oh my god. 
when I hear this, when I hear this, I am vividly transported to Battlefront Two games. I love it. Um, you want to do the Death Star alarm? Yeah, this was the one in the Rogue One trailer. I don't. I like give this, like a I B. don't like the Rogue. I don't like the Rogue One version of the Death Star alarm. I give this like a B. It's fine. I think again, the Imperial Star Destroyer just sounds more iconic than this one. Here's the thing, man. This I one think... gives off like the little like, ooh, listen to me. I'm scared. Like I don't know. It doesn't sound that cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, listen- I'm listening to another one. I think the original Death Star one was the ISD one as well. So like, but Rogue One, Death Star. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm co- I'm okay with calling it a B, B tier. Yeah, it's the Death Star. Uh, I have. Okay, so I want to do the Tantive. Bro, this is an easy F. <laughs> the you have that as F. Dude, the tentative alarm sucks. No, I I disagree with you. Really? I I would say it's probably a B tier, elite B tier. B tier? No, the the last one. I'm sorry, the last one that we're gonna talk to about is an F tier. What? Yes, I will die on that hill. I'm, I, I, when you want to you want to talk about derivative, at least like. They kind of change up the tentative form when they oh they reverse it they make it sound different they sound make it sound a little more hopeful different. All right, I'm gonna say the last one, the dreadnought. It is just some guy blowing carbon into a toilet out of his butt like that one. You don't, Sorry. dude. That's an S tier for me. No. Okay, let's. The tantive. You, you no. You, right now, I know where your head is at. You are skewed because you see the you see the picture of the dreadnought, and you are immediately transported to watching Captain Kennedy, who you and I both have expressed our love for as an officer in the First Order. Because like, dang, that guy's really sick. It's a bummer they killed him off right away. Happened with a couple of their officers. You can't tell me that that doesn't sound sick. No, I don't. I don't think it sounds sick. You think the Tantive sounds cooler than the Dreadnought Alarm? It's not cooler. I just think I like the sound of it better. Okay, so I want to put the Tantive. Well, can we call can we call it C tier? Yeah, I'll put the Tantive in C tier. Okay. All right, so where are we putting the Dreadnought? I, dude, I'm not going above D. What? <laughs> I'm not going above D with that thing. That thing's boring. This is bullshit. I can't. <laughs> it's just being real with you, man. I'm not going above D tier with the dre- the dreadnought. Is just... it sounds like some freaking imagine light. being in the dreadnought ship alone and that alarm is going off. Oh, you're not all gonna be alone. Here's the thing: those are the- massive ships. Nobody ever mans those first order ships. It's a small crew. How do you know that? I read. All right, listen here. I will put it in C tier for you. Okay. I do. I st- firmly believe it is F or D tier. Okay. 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 I'll put it in. I'll put it in a C tier. Okay. So here's what we here's what we're cooking for the alarm systems. In S tier, we have the Imperial Star Destroyer and the Trade Federation. In A tier, we have the Republic Venator class ship. B tier, we have the Death Star alarm. C tier, ATAT, the Tantive, and the Dreadnought. We have nothing in D and F. Yeah, we're we're pretty biased. Yeah. 
I will say though, that our S tier are cemented. Like it needs oh. to be S tier for everybody. The Trade Federation one. When I heard that one, I was like, sleeper. Yeah, I was like, damn, this one actually sounds a lot cooler than I thought. Absolute sleeper. We need to rank the Galactic Army themes in another episode. Yeah, we do. I I talked to you about wanting to rank the movies based off of score as well. I feel like that's pretty I mean, easy. To do. Revenge of the Sith is going to be number one. Yeah, it's just everything that comes after that. I do. Yeah, Rise I of Skywalker already... is last, and Revenge of the Sith is one. Yeah, Empire is good. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I gotta. I have to think. Have you uh, looked at the rating EA emergency EAS alarms from different countries? No. That's Why would crazy. I do that? Emergency alert system. I don't know. People just put videos out about it. Hmm. Well, there's our our tier ranking for. Star Wars alarm systems. If you want to hear the alarms with what we were arguing about, you should check out our Instagram at Legionnaire Pod. And tell us why you agree with me that the Dreadnought one is just boring. Yeah, that's lame, bro. Dreadnought one sounds sick. No. No. I, yeah. No. Anyway. I don't know when I'm going to rewatch the Star Wars movies. Um... I mean, I just rewatched all of them within the last year with my roommate. I know you did with your girlfriend. It's like the first time, actually. I think this is the first time where I've actually gone and rewatched, like, all of them. Like, in a pretty consecutive order within, like, a month. Yeah. I watched them within a month. No, I watched a lot of them. I once My girlfriend didn't really like A New Hope. She liked A New Hope. She was like, yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's fine. Showed her Empire. She was like... When are we gonna watch the next one? Like, are you like that one? She's like, oh yeah, that was really good. I'm like, which one's your favorite? I think she really likes Return of the Jedi. Um, Same with my roommate. Yeah, Dude, she was I crying love after it. I love She's like, it. I think that's the greatest movie I've ever seen. I was like, damn. Shout out, bro. Jill knows. Yeah, real. Jill knows. Um. Anyway. Good news as well. Um, March fourteenth. Get your get your computers ready, baby, and your PlayStation's ready. Battlefront's returning. Yes, dude, that's right. I mean, I already have it on Steam, but I think this these are remastered versions, though, and I I'll buy the me, remastered version. I will too. It's thirty five dollars, unfortunately, <laughs> but. I think it's coming back with online servers and allegedly maybe a new map. More maps, yeah. I think there's more maps in 64 player game mode. I get concerned. Yeah, so this about is where hackers, it's like, though. Uh, I don't. I don't because they're launching it and remastering it. I think there will be better quality control over, like, how the games are handled. Oh man, I'm gonna be so bad at this game because I think it's new servers that they're doing it on. God, you know, it'd be, I don't have the capability, computer capability, or the know-how to do this, but us streaming, playing the OG Battlefront games, that'd be fun. Battlefront 2 2005. I've only played the the original Battlefront, like, maybe once or twice. I played Battlefront 2 far more, because Battlefront 2 is just the superior game, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I'm sure somebody would argue with you about that. I don't know. I haven't played, but ba- it, it's what um, I grew up on. So I mean, yeah. Bro, do you know who I played Battlefront One with a lot? Jory. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, Did, like the original one. Yeah, like the original one. He and I'd play at his house. Hell yeah. Yeah. Lore facts. But yeah, no, I'm I'm hyped for it to come back. Um, that'll be that'll be a good day. It will be a good day, um, for the glory of the empire. <laughs> for the glory of the empire, Uh I don't have a ton else. I think you're gonna be with us for the next sixteen weeks or whatever it is, fourteen weeks that we have covering this. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Uh, I hope they go to evening releases for these but i mean they're if not, not that's fine i guess they won't those dumb i mean in three weeks it's already gonna be the mid-season finale so <laughs> i think sure. by the time you cut your back and ready to record again it'll be the mid-season so you'll have some time to gather your thoughts <laughs> oh yeah i'll have i'll have plenty of thoughts um yeah dude I've eaten a bunch of chocolate. So I got my girlfriend, like, you know, you get like a heart filled with chocolates. And she had to leave and go back um, to where she lives. I have since eaten a whopping more than half of these chocolates. And my tummy hurts from it. Damn. Bummer. No. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I don't need to apologize to me. All right. I'm thinking of rewatching all the Marvel movies in order. I think that'd be fun though, because I want to see like when it starts to drop off and if I view them with like heart shaped glasses, rose eye glasses, or whatever the Watch same with is. rose colored glasses. Yeah, rose colored lens. I don't know. Actually, that would be kind of fun to do a rewatch of the MCU. I know. I I've been thinking of it. I think after Bad Batch dies down, and maybe once like I get if they announce when the rest of the series like acolyte and skeleton crew come out this year i don't know i think it'd be fun to like maybe like once a week or once every two weeks like review them i don't know we'll see yeah. we'll think about it because unrelated it's no longer avengers 5 the kang dynasty <laughs> it'll be so. like doom something <laughs> yeah who knows but well no because dr doom isn't allegedly the villain for fantastic four it's galactus so i who knows what's going on over there but yeah, i will say the promo stuff for the fantastic four I, you must be right i guess it is back in time because they look retro styled so you must have read the right leaks you're welcome everybody yes uh, did we talk about legit yeah we talked about the casting for pedro yeah and how that was goofy did we talk about it on here i think we did no, we did, yeah, because I was like, yeah, if they do it back in time, it's very easy to – like, he's like, oh, yeah, Reed Richards, he's the smartest man alive, but nobody talked about him because he's Latino. And back in the early 60s, we're not really the – yeah. <laughs> we went, oh, yeah, we're going to sweep him under the rug. He's not that smart, but he is. Interesting. Yeah, who knows? We're not talking about Marvel stuff right now, so. No. Well – We've successfully talked about the Bad Batch for almost the same amount of time. You could watch the episodes. So, 
That being said, though, I will chat with you next week. You'll see me when you see me. Exactly.